Hello, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. I'm Paul Hunter, Artistic Director of Told by an Idiot, and this is a podcast where I talk to friends and colleagues delving into what made them the person they are today. Hello, and uh, welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few, the Told by an Idiot podcast. Now, as I um, uh, record this month's uh, edition, we are days away from opening our new show, Would You Bet Against Us, at the Birmingham Repertory Theatre, which celebrates uh, my football team, Aston Villa, and in particular, their greatest ever achievement. 40 years ago, this very month, they became one of only five English teams to lift the European Cup. Um, and I am thrilled and slightly like a 10-year-old version of myself because joining me today is iconic Villa player and legend and captain of that side, Dennis Mortimer. Welcome, Dennis. Hi, Paul. Good to be with you. Now, I wonder, to kick us off, Dennis, pardon the football pun, if we could go way back to your early memories. When did you first start kicking a ball? Uh, I couldn't I could remember you know, sort of the first physical time I hit a ball. But I would imagine it was in the infant school. Uh, yep. You know, and, and it's quite interesting, actually, because, you know, you, you've got this playground full of kids and, and we wouldn't have been using a big ball. We probably would have been using a tennis ball because yep. they, would, they wouldn't let you have the big ball because in case of, you know, hitting someone with it and everything. But I, I think I remember, you know, always running around and weaving in and out of, of, of other kids and everything with the ball and, and maybe other guys who were trying to chase after you to get it off you. But I think it was that, that confusion of, of, you know, in, in, in a situation like that where you knew you had to be decent with the ball. So it probably just one of those sort of uh, early thoughts in your head that when, when I've got a ball, if I want lots of touches on it, I'm going to have to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I honestly feel like that was probably the time. And I, I do remember being in the infant school and it was always, you know, if we, if we weren't running in and out of people with a ball, we were doing it, you know, as a, as a play thing. And, and, and these are the things that you need, you know, when you, when, you, when, you get, when you start growing up and you get those fundamental movements, you know, of dodging and weaving and everything. And, and, and that's all we did really in those days because there was no computers. There was the television was was rubbish, so you made your own fun, and it was all about and, you know doing sort of adventurous things most of the time. Well, it's interesting. It's very interesting hearing you say about playing with a small ball, like a tennis ball, yes. and uh, and having to kind of control that small ball at an early age. That's fascinating. Now, am I right? I remember you saying to me that you also maybe this is when you're a bit older but you went to a school where there was a very good football team. You know, obviously you're from Liverpool, so yes. there's some great players yes. that came out of Liverpool. Yes. But, but when you were little, you, you were at a team that was a, was a good team, yeah? Well, not, not, so, not so much little, <laughs> but, yeah. but growing up. But, but in, those, yeah. in, in those, sort of those later t- years at, at, in, uh, in, comp- in secondary modern school, as it was then, yeah. We, yeah. We, I, I was part of, uh, you know, I, I come from a, a, a town called Kirby, just outside of Liverpool. And, and we had three senior boys' schools, right? There was St. Kevin's, there was Roughwood, and then there was Brookfield High, which is where, where I went to. And, and those, from, from those, uh, uh, what's the name, schools, the Kirby boys' team of under-15s would have been chosen from those three schools. And, and I was one of those fortunate ones uh, with a couple of others from, from my school to actually be 
in that Kirby Boys Kirby Boys team. But, but the the thing about that team was is that it, it it's actually contained today actually four guys who actually went on to win the European Cup. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which is no mean feat, really, for such a, a small town, yeah, as we were. Can you, that's extraordinary, James. Can you share the names of the other players? Yeah, well, with you? myself, obviously, and then Kenny Swain, who was a teammate of mine, obviously, when we yep. won the European Cup. Uh, Terry McDermott played for Liverpool. Yep. And Phil Thompson, who played for Liverpool. Now, Phil was, that's ext- yeah, Phil was a year younger than us, but so he didn't play in our KB Boys team. He was from the the following year. But but Phil and I went actually to the same school. And I, I, I don't reckon that in Europe. There's actually I wouldn't have thought that there'd be two young people who went on to win the European Cup who actually went to the same school. I can't believe there is Dennis. I wouldn't have thought I can't so. believe there is I wouldn't have thought no that. I think that's that's fairly unlikely but you must have had some coach at Kirby Boys team. Listen, <laughs> I think it was all about natural ability, to be honest. And that, okay. and, and that, listen, we football was what we played for. You know, we 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 didn't stop playing football. We didn't, as kids, we just we were we were out there all the time. You know, doing athletic things. You know, we 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 didn't sit around. We 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 were out there doing it, and and consequently, our skills were getting honed all the time. You know, getting better and better and better. And yet, you do need a coach to obviously, first of all, see who's available, see what players will fit into a team. Yeah, and then and then he puts it together, and then you go out there, and with his guidance, you start to sort of learn about positioning and everything like that. So yeah, we we had a decent team. Well, that's, that sounds extraordinary, and obviously, we're going to talk about uh, coaches and and one manager and coach in particular yes. a bit later yes. in this chat. But what at what point did you realise that? this might be a career that you could play professionally. When did that start to get in your mind? <laughs> I think that was always in your dreams, Paul. Yeah, to start yeah it was with, in mine. It didn't, it didn't work no, out for no, me, Dennis. No. I, I had to go down the showbiz route. Yes. <laughs> but listen, you didn't do too bad, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think from, from, you know, being a Liverpool fan, I started, I started going to watch Liverpool with my dad and, and a yeah. couple of my other brothers, yeah, probably about the age of 12. And obviously, in in those days when we was watching Liverpool, it was a great Shankly team, yeah. So, so you know, I, and in those yeah. days, you needed to be in the ground by two o'clock with a three o'clock kickoff because the gates were shut, yeah. yeah. And it was that you know there was that much enthusiasm for football in, in those days, you know, because that was the thing you did. You went to watch football. So I, I reckon I started, and then I, you know once once I started watching the players like Peter Thompson and Ian Callaghan and Gordon Milne and Ian St. John and Rod, uh, Roger Yates and all that. All these people now, they, they, they started to sort of have an impression on you and, and, and then you start dreaming yourself that one day you'd like, you'd love to be playing football at, at, the, you know, at that level and, and going on and lifting trophies and all that. So it starts early. It really does, you know, and, yeah. you know, no different from me. And I, and I, you know, I, I did. I must. I, I did dream that one day, not playing for Aston Villa, but playing for Liverpool. <laughs> but, but, but I had to go a different route to win that trophy, and that was to obviously go down the route of going to Coventry, then joining Villa, and that's where we had all our success. And when you so was Coventry your first professional? Yeah, yeah. Then? At fifteen, I joined at fifteen. Uh, you know, it was uh, 
it was you could you could leave school at 15 then the following year it was 16 so i just got in before that sort of uh, watershed of being 16 but no i started my apprenticeship and in those days it was a three-year one so yeah I, I was 15 when i joined coventry city wow yeah. and were you were you at that stage were you always a midfielder no really no no i i i think see you had two teams you played for your school and then you and then you played for your for your for the for the the town team, which was KB Boys. So when I used to play for the for the uh, for the school team, I would be a forward. Okay. And I would score. I, I would score a lot of goals. Yeah. You know. And I, I, I used to keep a record of the games we played. <laughs> I thought, but you know, I, obviously when I left home at fifteen, I left all that at home. You know, all that all those records, and uh, to my horror. Yeah, I, I left home then with all my, not only my records, but all my Marvel comics. <laughs> right? Honest, from number one going forward, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four. I had all these. I, I had a paper round, you know, so I, I, had, I had a bit of money to be able to buy these comics. But my mum and dad moved out and forgot to tell me. And he threw everything away. Oh, Dennis, yeah, no, they'd, be, no, they'd be worth a few bob uh, no, They would now, but, you know, the water under the bridge. But, but, yes, but, exactly. But, but no, so when I was at school, I, I, in the school team, I'd play, I'd play up front. But then when I played for KB Boys, I played out wide on the right-hand side. Okay. Part of probably a, a midfield come sort of forward unit, yeah, in those days, yeah. because systems were a bit different. Then 4-2-4 four, four, four it might have been, so the four at the front would have been two wingers and two forwards, two midfield players yeah. and four defenders, yeah. So that's how yeah. it was. And when and when you joined Coventry, where did you play? When you were first started at Coventry? Well, I, very similar, really. You know, I, I started off playing out on the wing, yeah. Uh, not not central. Uh, when I started, eventually when I went to central midfield, that, that evolved, right, obviously throughout my playing days and, and also circumstances. So... You know, when I started playing in the first team, it, it might have been that I was... Re my first game actually was against Liverpool in an FA Cup tie. Yeah, and it was on a snowbound pitch in January, which uh, wasn't the best play opportunity to, you know, to go and make your debut when you, you, you're you trying to run on snow. But but the game went ahead. and But on that game, I played left wing. So that was my first game in the first team, playing on the left wing. Now, mm -hmm. unusual because I was a right-footed player, yeah. But because <laughs> because the vacancy at the time was on the left wing, I played on the left wing, and then but then throughout my early years, then playing in the first team, I would play on the right wing, I would play in the middle, and that was as I said, what that was all about at times was if if there was a player injured in the midfield area, then I could step into that area, and so I picked up a central role a wide role, and, and that's the way it developed. And it wasn't until, I think it wasn't until sort of uh, those late years at Coventry, just before I actually moved to Villa, where that sort of central role started to develop for me. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I remember, I think I remember you saying, uh, Dennis, before that when you made the move to Villa, it, it came a bit out of the blue. You didn't know much about it. Is that right? Well, I had an inkling of it. Yeah. I, I mean, up to that point, there'd been stories the season before about transfers and everything, but nothing had come about. But then I, I remember going in, it was um, 
just before Christmas in 75, uh, when uh, I like, I, one of our players called David Cross, he, he actually played at Norwich under under Ron Saunders as manager. Okay. And, and I, I remember coming in this, uh, on, the, on the Monday morning, I haven't played on the Saturday. And, and Dave, once we started getting, Dave just came over to me and said, Oh, I had uh, I had my former manager on the phone last night, yeah, asking a few questions about you. I said, "Oh, right, who's that?" I said, "I said, who's that?" And he said, "Ron Saunders." Uh, so I said, "Oh, right, okay." And I didn't think anything about it. I, I just thought, "Oh, it's, it's just talk again." But the fact that you know, no one who had worked under Ron before, like Dave had, had ever said any, had ever come up to me and said, "Oh, so and so is interested in you." So that was the first time. But I listen. I went away. I went home that day and I didn't even think about it. Uh, but then the next morning, early next morning at past eight, yeah, you know, I, I'm up, yeah, get a phone call. Uh, the club now asking me to go in because uh, the the manager wants to see me. Yeah, so at past eight now. So as soon as that, as soon as I got that phone call, I don't get phone calls at half eight in the morning from the football club. <laughs> call. <laughs> no way. So, so, so I, I knew I started to put two and two together. Yeah. I, and that two and two together now, when I got to the ground, secretary said, look, uh, we've had a, we've, we're Aston Villa interested in signing you. We're going to take you to Stonebridge Island, which was on the A45, which was not far away from where Ron used to live. And uh, he was going to take me then to, to this uh, roundabout on, on the A45. I was going to get into Ron's car then, and then we were going to drive to Villa Park, yeah, onto the M6 and into Villa Park, and that's how yeah. and that's how it all started really. So it was it was a, a big surprise, but but you know, having got the phone call, then I started putting two two together, and and, yeah. and it was. And, and what about um, what about your early memories of playing at Villa Park? What was it like going out onto okay. Villa Park and, and and those fans? Right. Okay. So the first game. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to expect really at Villa Park. I've I've never been there before. Uh, I we we never I'd never played there because because Aston Villa weren't in the first division when of I course, was playing. Of course, yeah. so so when I've left Coventry now, I, I I've gone to a club who's just got promotion from the second division. Ron Saunders has brought them up, also won the League Cup in that same season. So Ron's we we're now playing, uh, and I, I've come out. So Villa Park, I've looked at the ground. It's an old ground, yeah, but it, it's much different from that Ifield Road. Ifield Road was like a, a new a new ground compared to yeah, yeah. to Villa Park. You know, all the old signs that were up, all the old windows and stained glass and everything. It was a really, you know, sort of antiquated place to be honest. Anyway, I've gone into the ground, signed, got got everything sorted out, signed a contract. So the first game is on Boxing Day against West Ham. So get to the game. I've no, I've got no expectations about what kind of audience, what you know, what what kind of uh, attendance there'd be. So I step out now for my first game on Villa Park, and it's fifty-two thousand in the ground. Good lord! You know, and I, I was just, wow. I was just amazed by that really because, you know, I was used to like twenty to thirty thousand at. Uh, I, I feel road, but now there's 52. The, the ground is just ram packed with supporters. Wow. You know, so uh, 
it was difficult so not to. Cut. It, sorry, it was difficult not to give you some kind of thought. Oh dear me! <laughs> the, the, no, a few I can imagine. Now, Paul. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. And if I think about you know my younger self going at that same time with my dad and standing on the whole end and stuff, and you know, of course, I go now and it's a great atmosphere. But that that what you're describing for a player must have been extraordinary. And you mentioned the League Cup success, and then of course we won it again in '77. Um, and then I'll, I'll take you now towards, of course, the, the extraordinary achievement of winning the first division yeah. title. Um, uh. And obviously, um, a lot of people favoured, you know, teams like Liverpool and, and then obviously Ipswich Town as we, as we, as we battled yeah. with them throughout the season. Um, again, I think you've mentioned this before, but you mentioned, and, and actually Tony Morley mentioned this game as well. Can you talk a little bit about the game against Liverpool that, that season? Yeah. Villa Park. The one at Villa Park. Yeah. I, I, the one at Villa Park, I think, was the, the, the I, I felt would be the real, real watershed for us, really, from the point of view of, 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 of now stamping our, our sort of uh, credibility, you know, for being on the top or in the top two. And, and at, at the time as well, Liverpool were always your, the, the, the one team you feared most because they always had this uh, ability to have that consistency throughout the season. And, and always, you know, for, you know, you look at their records, you know, they, they, they might win the championship by one point. But the thing about them was is that they knew how to do it. Yeah. From our yeah. point of view, yeah, this, true. this is new. This is new. But that game now was the game that I, I, going into it, I just thought, you know, we, we need to now, if we can win this one, we can really now, I felt, put Liverpool out the race and then it'd be just ourselves and, and, and Ipswich. So the game, you know, we're going into that game, it's a 47,000, you know, sellout and everything. Wow. So, it, you know, it was a, a great atmosphere and everything. And we go into that game and, was, and it, it is all about winning. The game, that game is all about, it's not drawing, it's about winning. Yeah. Uh, and although it was only two points, uh, you know, for a win, there was still obviously, even if we had lost it, there was still time to, to to regain those points. But this one just, I think, was just a, uh, from our point of view, it was a, to to try and send a message to Liverpool: Hey, you guys, you're not going to win this league this season. <laughs> There's going to be someone new on top of the table this season, you know. And then, uh, what uh, what about the goal you scored? Then? Yes, yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean. When we when we've been out with Q and A's, you know, with the, the the guys and all that, yeah. Uh, I mean, Tony makes a point of saying that that was he felt that was the goal of the season from his point of view, not the one he got, yeah. Because <laughs> as you all know, Paul, you, you yeah. did his goal and, and and that's part of that great season is Tony's goal of the season. But he he just thinks that the goal that second goal against Liverpool, the one I got, was was just it, it epitomised really the way we played as a team. Because the whole thing, the whole sequence around that goal, and it's so vivid in my mind, is that we uh, Kenny Kenny Swain uh, collects the ball and just outside the, the penalty area in in on the right hand side near the corner flag, he then starts to run with the ball because there's space to go because the player who's been dispos- dispossessed really has been near left back, which was Alan Kennedy, and he's right up the pitch now, so there's a bit of space up up, up that wing. Anyway, so Kenny now starts on his run. As I always did, you know, I, I'm sort of watching about, I'm watching the play, seeing what's going on. I'm, I'm now on the edge of the box, yeah? And as soon as Kenny started setting off, I've set off with him. And I'm just running down the centre of the pitch now. 
And Kenny keeps going, going, going. I keep going, 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 yeah? Anyway, Kenny gets to the halfway line. Now, the Liverpool team have all pushed up. They're all pushing up to the halfway line because they're, they're now trying to make a, an offside trap, you know, from their point of view. Anyway, Gary Shaw and Peter Wynn start running back towards the halfway line. As Kenny gets to the halfway line, he does like a little back pass. He just leaves the ball then, a little crossover, what we call, which, which Gary Shaw. Gary now collects the ball on the, on the right wing. He turns, he turns inside on his left foot. And then, he, and then he sees me, he spots me running through the centre of the pit, and then he plays the ball into the space behind, behind the Liverpool defence. So now I'm running towards the goal. I've got Ray Clements in front of me. I've got 25,000 fans in the off end, <laughs> all screaming, thinking what's going to happen here now. I've got this big space. And one of the hardest things in football is when you get a 1v1. Yeah. You know, especially when you're running. When you get those instinctive goals where the ball comes to you and you just hit it and it flies in the back of the net, they're the easy ones. When you've got these one against ones where you now got to take the keeper on. So I've got I'm going towards Ray Clement. I think to myself, two options, Paul. Do it, do it, go round them. Yeah, do it, try to take it round and play it into an empty net, or do it play the early ball, the early pass. Because what it is, I'm just passing the ball really into the back of the net. Yeah. So I'm going towards, so I decide now. As he starts to run towards me, he starts to make my decision for me. So as he's running towards me, he's not, he's not balanced, he's not set. So I'm, I now slide the ball down his left-hand side. So he can't get a foot to it, he can't get a hand to it, he can't go down in it, and the ball nestles in the back of the net. You know, and that's, that now, for me, you know, was, 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 as Tony said, summed up you know, what we were all about, really. And that was a team that we try to keep the ball on the ground as much as possible and play it on the ground. And, you know, and people talk about the passing game today. Well, it was there in our days, yeah? But, but the great thing about that, that, that was a, as Tony says, that was a team goal again. Yeah, and that's, yeah. What, and that's, and that's what we were all about, yeah. Well, you were, exactly, yeah. you were a brilliant team with a great team spirit, mm. but thank you for that description. That is the most brilliant description of a goal. That's fantastically you never, you never forget So, of course, <laughs> no, I, I'm sure you won't. That's, um, and, of course, we uh, Villa then do win that title. Yeah. I should say to listeners, uh, it was the first time in 71 years. So I was looking up some facts before this yeah. interview. That The last time Villa won it, uh, previous to that, uh, Captain Scott set out on his doomed trip to the Antarctic. Absolutely. So it uh, gives you an idea how long ago yeah. it was. So therefore, we find Villa in Europe. Yes. So um, how many of the players had actually played any European football? I had, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Rimmer, probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, not many. Peter, Peter with. Yeah. 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 No, I'd, I'd say probably about four, maybe four players. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, you're obviously drawn in the, the, the first leg against Valor Reykjavik, yes. the Icelandic team, yes. who presumably no one knew anything about. No, no one knew. They were an amateur team as well, you know, but, but obviously they, they won their championship in, in Iceland. So, no, we, we didn't know anything about them, but that never feared us, you know, because if you know too much about someone, you, you might go out there with a with a bit of you know sort of trepidation thinking oh yeah you know especially when you especially as you move through you know i mean the final you get to the final and you, you're playing against a team full of internationals you know and yeah. and that was the way all the way through the tournament really because you know berlin uh dynamo kiev you know those teams Anderlecht, 
They were full of international yeah, football, but you know, we we it 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 wasn't it wasn't part of our psyche to worry about the opposition as Rod, because this is what Rod Saunders sort of uh, he, he sort of got into us, yeah, through the way he, his psychology worked. Was that don't worry about the opposition, just concentrate on yourself. And you know your quote, yeah. you know your quote, you know about would you bet against us? You know that was one yeah, of Ron's yeah. sort of uh, great one. Yeah. But but the one he always put in his his his, his notes in the program was that if the players give me one hundred and ten percent, that's all I ask for. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you can't give one hundred and ten percent, Paul. You know <laughs> that's, that's a very you know good. I mean? but, that's but, a very good quote. But, but the thing is, he was always put that in there, and you'd read it and you think, Ron, what are you doing? You know. You know <laughs> We can't give you that. But Dennis, yeah. uh, do you think, I mean, you know, it, it, it was an extraordinary achievement, of course, what he achieved with, with you as a team and, and everything. Do you think he's still slightly underrated as a manager? I, no, I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't say he was ever underrated as a manager because his record yeah. speaks for himself. No, he, of course. He, listen, of course. He, no, he's not, he's not a manager that comes to thought like Cluffy, like Paisley, yeah. like Shankly, yeah. like Ferguson. But but you look at you look at the modern day game, yeah, and you think to yourself, well, how many other managers, yeah, won what he did? Two league cups, yes. yeah, first division championship, and, and obviously we, we 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 include him in the European Cup because it was his team. You of know, course, so, of course. You know, so in a ten year spell, you know, a twelve year spell of well, ten years really probably. Of being manager at Aston Villa, he did something that a lot of managers never get a chance to achieve. Yeah, and so no, but, but that he, is true. But, but the other thing is, well, it's a little bit like Aston Villa. You know, we we've we we've we've fallen off the radar around the success. It's Forty years now, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Since yeah. we won those two, and you know, we went on the pitch yesterday at Villa Park. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, no, we had a, we had a really good day. We had a celebratory day parade. At Villa Park, so we we took the trophies onto the pitch. We went round the ground, showing the trophies off to the fans. So you need to get online and have a look at the, yeah. the fun that went on yesterday. But no, because we, we had that we had that celebration with the club. They they gave us that lovely trophy as a memento. Yeah, uh, but 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 in one sense we've fallen off the radar, you know, as being one of those the, one of the great clubs in the eighties. So what's got to happen now is that to bring that back, Aston Villa back, you've got to get that success, you see. But Ron got that success and he, he put us on. And, you know, talking to the fans who were there when we, when we, we who were part of it, you know, they, they, yeah. they just say, we love you guys, you know, because you gave... Well, it's true. There's a... Even even in beginning to make this show and, and talking, you yes. know, and, and obviously my my reason for making the show is as a fan there's an enormous amount of affection yeah. for all of you you know all of those players and and i not just the generation who are old enough no. to, to to see it but the younger generation who've been told about it and and the, i think legacy is a very important yes. thing in in life yeah. and particularly in football dennis it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and i know we're going to meet again at the we are. with kenny and yeah. tony at the show which I'm really looking forward to. I just want to finish, Dennis, if I may. I'm going to ask you seven rapid questions, and I just want your first immediate answer. You might be lucky. Here you we might go. be lucky with that. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's, it'll, you'll see what okay. I mean. Maradona or Johan Cruyff? Maradona. Minder or the Sweeney? 
Uh, De Sweeney. Uh, which of these two places did you least like playing at? The Hawthorns or St Andrews? Uh, the Hawthorns. No, no, change that <laughs> round. No, I like playing at the Hawthorns because we always won. So let's go. Let's say St Andrews because we we did know we did. Okay, yet. that's yeah. good. Uh, Reykjavik or Berlin? Uh, both rubbish. But let me think. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it'd have to be Berlin because Reykjavik was. <laughs> Beyond belief. Okay. okay. Um, uh, what what uh, means the most to you? The first division title or the European first Cup? First division championship. Um, coming to today, I, I think I know the answer to this. This is today's uh, race for the title. Man City or Liverpool? Man City. It got, it, listen, <laughs> it, it goes against what I feel, but I, I, I just feel like they, you know, they, 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 they'll do it because that's their focus now. Liverpool's focus yeah. is it's the European Cup and the league, and they're starting to lose one or two players. But I'd have to go for Man City for the league. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And finally, did you have a pre-match ritual? Were you superstitious, or did you just go on and treat it? No, you know, I, did you not think about? No, it? I had a routine. I did have a routine, okay. and the routine uh, was get there for two o'clock. I'd get my tickets sorted out on the gate. And then it was down for the next hour to concentrate on getting ready for the game. But the, the, the superstitions I had, right, I wore my socks inside out, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I, I was, and before I got the captaincy, yeah, I actually went out last. Okay. Right, so I went, out from being, I went from being last out to being first out. Yeah. But th those two... Sort of things I did religiously. Oh, and the other thing I think you're waiting for is the swig of brandy, aren't you? <laughs> you are. You're, you're waiting for the. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't possibly no, comment. No, no. Then. The, the, the swig of brandy before the game, only in the winter. <laughs> only in the winter. Only, <laughs> Dennis, it's been a real pleasure. I really look forward to seeing you after the show, and thank you for uh, thank you for doing what you did, and for for chatting and and reliving those memories, which we'll do over the next three weeks with the show. All the best, Dennis. Have a good day. See you later. See you, Paul. Bye bye. Mate. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed this idiot podcast, please spread the word.